0: When Barack Obama wrote "The Audacity of Hope," I thought that was a that was one heck of a of a title. The audacity of hope. I mean, it's elitist and nonsensical all at the same time, right? There's there's no uh, audacity in in hope. There is uh, possibly audacity uh, in what it is you hope for right? That much could be true. Audacity, by the way. Fearless of daring or intrepidity. Bold or insolent, heedless of restraints as of those imposed by prudence, propriety, or convention. Those are just some of the definitions of audacity. Me, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Audacity has been coming out in spades over the last few weeks regarding coronavirus. And I wanted to share with you some of the, the, the more clinically insane ones because some of them are just nuts. Now, I debated whether or not we should play Spin the Wheel. Spin the Wheel of Audacity. And then we could decide uh, which ones we do first. Uh, instead, I, I, I think I've got them ranked uh, for impact. I think I have them ranked properly. Let's, let's, start, let's start with an easy one right here. The governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, is saying, you know, the problem is, is that uh, you don't really understand how dangerous coronavirus is.
1: Well, I think it's through, you know, consistently explaining, you know, I think that I'm paying close attention, you're paying close attention, and certainly there are a lot of people who are really um, invested. We're home, we're watching the news, but some who aren't, and I don't want to make any assumption that people really understand the threat of a second spike and what that would mean.
0: It's a nice starter piece. The governor is saying, listen, I'm paying attention, but, you know, other people, they're not paying attention. They don't understand how bad this can be. I think a lot of people are paying attention because everybody's home, especially in Michigan, where your draconian stay-at-home efforts have not gone Unnoticed. Just so we're clear. But that's that's a start, right? Of course, it's always uh, the, the well, uh, you understand, but too many of the unwashed don't quite get what's happening around them. All right. Nice little starter piece on audacity. Then there's Rashida Talib, who says, go back to work. Oh, hell no. What you need to do is organize. I don't
1: care who it is that tells you we need to, to, you to go back and we need you to start up back the economy and everything. Your life is much more important. And so I always tell my residents when they call, they're like, Rashida, you know, they're making us do this. They're making us do that. I said, do you feel safe? If you don't feel safe, you don't have to go to work.
0: Who is making you do this and who is making you do that? That's the way a member of Congress talks. I want specifics. What person at what company is making what employee do what task? Tell us. Is it essential? Because then you got to get to work. They said you're essential. You see, I want to be essential, but the government didn't say I was essential, so therefore I'm not essential. So I don't get to feed my family. But you're essential, so you got to go do the work. Lucky. Oh no! Oh, it's it's you don't want to have to do the work. You should just rather not do the work. Basically, that's that's is is that what Rashida's telling you? By the way, do her. Do the people in her district really call her Rashida or do they call her uh, Congresswoman Talib? I'm just, I'm just curious as to how that goes.
1: To to that person, you can jeopardize their lives. I mean, look at Skylar. She's five years old. People kept saying kids can't get it. Let's not test kids. Uh, Everything that they're saying are these assumptions that really put, I think many communities again, that are very marginalized, uh, their lives at stake. And so I just really urge Uh, A lot of my a lot of my neighbors and other folks that have called me and reached out to me and said, I don't feel safe. I want you to organize with your other co-workers and demand better.
0: That's some audacity. First, yes, children have died of coronavirus and the main children don't die of coronavirus. It has nothing to do with people being unfeeling. But if you don't want to go back to work, organize with the other co-workers. Never a moment where unionization isn't the answer to your problems. The audacity, in that, but that's 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 not all. I mean, that's those are really just the the the, the, the starts, right? We just wanted to kind of like like a sorbet, you know, clean the palate, get you in uh, to the mode uh, and 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 the mood. Uh, the audacity is guys like Ron Klain, Ron Klain, former chief of staff to Joe Biden when he was vice president. Ron Klain, actually uh, from near where I currently live uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, he was the Ebola czar, not a doctor, by the way, and he has done a series of videos pushing for Joe Biden, going after Trump, not utilizing his skill set and his knowledge to help the country, utilizing his skill set and his knowledge to win an election. Here he is on CNN. Are we anywhere near enough testing to, to reopen now, Ron?
1: No, we aren't. I mean, you know, what the president talked about today was going from roughly 150,000 tests a day to about 225,000 tests a day. Uh, that's nowhere near enough. It's not what any expert Democrat, Republican, uh, liberal, conservative has nothing to do with politics. I mean, I think almost everyone thinks you need at least 500,000, maybe 700,000 tests a day. Dr. McClellan, and others have caused for, called for many, many more than that.
0: So I guess not everybody is saying 500,000 or 700,000 because they're also saying many, many more than that. And since you said they're calling for 500 or 700, they haven't come to a conclusion either. The audacity is you don't have a number, Ron. You don't have a number of tests that are the right amount. But you know that whatever Trump's number is not good enough. You don't know if the tests are gonna keep us safe and I have no issue with testing. Test everybody, knock yourselves out. What are the tests going to tell you? We talk about New York, where they believe that 25% of the population of New York City has the antibodies for coronavirus. I need to test them? Are you sure? Can't you just go along with the very concept that yeah, people have coronavirus. I get the value of testing if somebody has coronavirus they know to self-isolate they know not to be around other people you help prevent spread that way I I don't say no but how do you know which number is the right number how often are you going to test people and for how long into the future does everybody have to do a test a week do they you're going to force that on people who picks up the cost for that by the way And can you prove a definitive value that comes from it? Or is there a time certain where there is no value, but hey, you like testing anyway, so go for it. And after all, there are control issues and everything else. Well, those are questions about testing. The audacity is that this guy who is a political partisan from the word go hasn't used his knowledge base to help the country He's using it for a political purpose, and the purpose is destroy Donald Trump. If you don't want to vote for Donald Trump, don't vote for him. But if this is how you're going to use your knowledge base, dear Lord, you're one sick kid. And you already told us that Trump's number is too much, but you don't even know what the number is you would choose. That's audacity. Audacity is, and you know what? Some people are going to question whether or not this should be at the top of the pile. This is a reporter to Donald Trump during the briefing yesterday.
1: When an American president loses more Americans over the course of six weeks than died in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected?
0: When an American president loses more people to a virus than were lost during the entirety of the Vietnam War... Does he deserve to be reelected president? Holy crap. This is what we call journalism today? The audacity here is that she calls herself a journalist. Break down the question, if you will, and you will come to only a couple conclusions. It says nothing. It means nothing. There's no value in it for the American people. It's only an attack on Donald Trump. And it tells all those doctors and all those hospital workers, you failed. Right? Everybody who pushed for ventilators in New York when ventilators were actually not helping. 88% of those people who were put on ventilators died in New York. Overall, the nation, it was around 50% people were dying on ventilators. They stopped putting them on ventilators and finding other ways. But just a month ago, a month and a quarter ago, people were screaming for ventilators. And you may have been one of the people asking of Donald Trump, why weren't more ventilators in New York? Why do you hate New Yorkers? Is, is it his fault that the ventilators weren't saving lives, but the doctors were learning that the ventilator wasn't the best thing to deal with this issue? Was it Trump that was costing lives when Dr. Anthony Fauci was writing in the New England Journal of Medicine that this is coronavirus is nothing more than a severe strain of the flu? Was it Donald Trump costing lives when the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, told nursing homes across the state sorry if somebody has coronavirus you still have to you have to accept them you have to accept them and when nursing homes and, and, and long term care facilities were begging Andrew Cuomo to please let us put our patients in the Javits Center where we have this field hospital with a thousand beds or on the US naval ship Comfort this floating hospital that has a thousand beds that at the most took what like 167 patients like, like there was nobody on the ship they needed the ship. They needed the sh- they needed the beds. Here comes the ship! Hooray! Didn't really get used. It's leaving New York this week, back for Norfolk, Virginia. Is is does that question get get asked? No, no. This is this is about Vietnam. That's if that's journalism today. Please put an end to all the journalism schools. Just board them up. Just board them. You know what? We could use those as field hospitals if we need to. Or we could turn them all into Dave and Busters. Because you'd get much more out of those buildings playing laser tag than you would learning journalism because there ain't no journalism to be learnt. The audacity that a journalist thought that was a legitimate question. Now, you could say to me, Tony, Tony, that's got to be the top of the audacity chain. The audacity pile. The top of the audacity list. Oh, no. Sonny Hostin. From The View. Smack talking Dr. Deborah Burks.
1: I do. I do think she's part of the problem. And it gives me no pleasure to say that. Uh, you know, if you watch uh, that interview with uh, Jake Tapper uh, in its uh, totality, she actually implied that the media was to blame for that story to still be in the news cycle. And um, I believe at this point, Dr. Burks is complicit in what's going on, because uh, when there are times like this, uh, good people with integrity need to stand up.
0: And And none of those people work on The View, it seems, because someone should have stood up to you and said, are you out of your mind? First of all, when you speak of Dr. Deborah Burks, why not refer to her as Colonel? People forget that she served in the military, in the reserves, 1980 to 1994, and active from 94 to 08. And what she's talking about is this whole idea that Trump suggested that what you should do is uh, ingest or inject disinfectants, which never, ever, ever happened Trump did irrationally start having a conversation and asking questions about could you bring the light and the UV light could you bring it inside and is there a way with disinfecting you see what it does is there something you could inject questions that you ask in another room you don't ask out in public I don't disagree with that nuts But did he say, go out there and inject yourself? No, the press corps said that. They lied about what Trump said. The audacity from Sonny Hostin is that she dismisses that whole part of the story and then decides to go after Dr. Birx herself because she's not speaking truth to power. Not a single person on The View corrects her in that second. Why not? Why not? Now you say to me, Tony, that... That's the, that's the top of the audacity. You don't get more audacious than, than Sonny Hostin of The View flat out lying about what got said by the president and then attacking Dr. Burks for not doing something about a lie that she didn't tell. And then saying to people, I wish we could just focus on the issues, which would be very, very nice, but no. No, I'll give you the top of the audacity chain. The top of the Audacity Tree, why do I keep calling it a chain? The top of the Audacity Mountain, Mount Audacity, is topped by Dr. Tedros of the World Health Organization. So,
1: the world should have listened to WHO then carefully because global emergency, the highest level of emergency, was triggered on January 30, when we only had 82 cases and no deaths in the rest of the world. And every country could have triggered all its public health measures possible. I think that suffices the importance of listening to WHO's
0: advice. If everyone had just listened to the WHO, none of this would have happened. We told you all, you all should have listened, and that proves that the World Health Organization is important. Bitch, please. You covered for China. They lied. You went along with it. You have the tweets out there telling people not to worry. That's... That is audacity. You are responsible for being very poor stewards of world health because you are more interested in the politics of protecting China. And if you want to add the cherry on top of the mountain, which I don't even know how that works, Dr. Tedros there, he's not even a doctor. And yet he runs the World Health Organization. Audacity, people. It comes in all flavors. I'm Tony Katz.